This Big Tree Mind series is brought to you by Lana Lantos. This series is looking at how we reflect and connect to other people in our lives, and we hope to serve as a source of inspiration and reflection. Support for Big Tree Mind with Lana Lantos comes from donations from people like you. Become a patron and help to produce more talks like this by visiting bigtreemind.com donate. so much for taking the time i feel so grateful no no problem at all it's uh, more than a pleasure i went into a little bit of a spiral with your work after i watched the videos i actually had to like stop a little bit and be like okay like what do you think like what what do you feel from everything that you're hearing from your youtube videos and i i looked over your blog and and some of the work that you have done. You know, I study rituals because I work with trauma and I work with different shamans and I work with, uh, for a long time, Zen practice, meditation practice. And so I come from it, not from anything to do with design or architecture or any of that. Okay. I guess I wanted to know, first of all, how you started with your study of rituals. I started studying ritual spaces. That's pretty much how it all started. I was just interested in ritual spaces. People at home still practice and still practice at those places. Hmm. So that's pretty much how it started. You know, as an architect or someone who's interested in spaces and places, I was interested in ritual spaces or places where people practice. Right. And so in the rituals that I take part in, what I know about the rituals that I take part in is that I am guided by something outside of me. I end up receiving the guidance of something that's beyond me and whatever you want to call it, like my ancestors, my bones. Uh, Lately, I'm fascinated with what the wisdom in my bones is without all the trauma. If you take away all the pain and all the trauma, what is in my bone marrow that I know? Because, you know, I feel it's an undeveloped thought yet, but I feel like the spirit lives inside my marrow and my bones. And I really want to connect with that. And when I watched your video, you talked about overtness and secrecy and subtlety. And I imagine that you had this way that you take your art, that you work in your art, that is like your own special way. And I think I wanted to know if what your rituals are and how do you, how does that work for you? I've learned a lot from ritual specialists. So, you know, most of the things that I've experienced and that I've learned are from people who are you know in my in my culture we call them sanusis or you know they're like shamans basically but um you know many of them are people who are like family and you know just people from my community so i'm not a ritual specialist and i don't i wouldn't say i'm practicing buddhism or meditation or anything like that but what i would say is that I've had many experiences and many of them were not because I was trying to 
conjure up any sort of experience or anything like that. But I've had many experiences. So, for example, when I did, when I when I began um, one of the drawings that I did, I had an experience where I was confronted by the sense of the size of the whole universe. Mm-hmm. And it basically brought me to my knees, you know. And for a couple of days, I was in a kind of a shock and overwhelmed by, you know, kind of terror. And so when I when I reflected on that experience and what I'd been told by, you know, my family, elders in my community, it it corroborated with the things that they would tell me all the time since I was very small. Right. This, I mean, you know, when I use the word the universe, it's actually not, not it doesn't really articulate what I'm talking about well enough because I'm talking about some, a sense of something that's alive. Right. You know, so when you say the universe, it's, right. it just sort of seems very objective. Right. And so when I experienced that and I, you know, reflected on what I'd been told, the stories and the way in which, you know, like, for example, one of the stories we were always told when we were small was about this um, giant that swallows up whole villages. Mm -hmm. And the story never had a good ending. Mm -hmm. And we were told the story at a very young age. And the the giant always swallows up everything. And it's huge, Mm -hmm. you know, and it starts by swallowing up things and then um, fields of crops and then the village itself and then people. And so there was always this appreciation of something that's far bigger than you and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, infinitely more powerful. Mm-hmm. And we were told many of these kind of stories, different versions of them. And so when I had that experience, all those stories kind of came into my mind right. about what you know, my grandmother and everyone else was basically articulating. Right. And so that's what I mean that I don't know if I've been a practitioner in the sense that I have a specific practice, but I know that the things that practitioners talk about and sometimes experiences that people go after, I've had them without (laughs) looking for them, you know. Right. And and so this this tool like this you know i don't know if you said overtness and secrecy and subtlety like i've been sitting with that so much because i like when you talked about the trickster i was just like oh yeah like you know in in medicine cards and aboriginal teachings there's the coyote and the coyote is always the trickster and mm-hmm. and and so i thought oh wow like this sounds like a person that has their own sort of operating system, a way that's, you know, that, that has sort of come to terms with the trickiness and the reality of the world and that has figured out a way to kind of negotiate with himself with how to approach that. And like for me, <laughs> I really just felt like it was so real and so healing. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, sort of misconceptions and a lot of noise when it comes to what I've at least experienced when it comes to ritual and 
what it means to be a person in the in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think from what I've been taught, the whole aim of your spiritual life is to ultimately wean you away from trying to divert your attention from confronting existence in its totality and its mystery and everything that it is, because it's very frightening. Well, it's frightening at a particular stage. And, you know, you you kind of, or at least what I've been taught is you graduate to becoming more acquainted with it and ultimately becoming like it, you know. So we, one of our Sanusis, I always say that he has become so much like the sort of strangeness of life. He's kind of taken that on. And when you meet him and when you encounter him, he is very frightening. He's incredibly frightening. Um, And so, you know, I always feel like he represents or he's almost like an ambassador of existence itself mm-hmm. of life itself he's the he's a proxy or he's a mediator between you know the thing that he's representing which is um this uh existence in its in its um true form and him so you know the first time i met him he was wearing these uh, incredible um steel and copper miniature sculptures around his neck he was holding a staff he's very dark skinned and he was very vicious you know like a wild dog he was very vicious and i was frightened when i came up to him and he was sitting in the middle of this sort of shrine that he he made it had these gigantic sculptures around it of um, ancient mythical um, beings He was sitting in the middle of it. And as I approached him, he sort of threw this energy of almost like um, a kind of strong energy of aggression. And I became so overwhelmed by that. And, And I only later realized that at that moment, he brought me into an apprenticeship because there would have been no other opportunity to have that level of grace for someone to draw you into an apprenticeship of confronting what he's actually representing, which is life itself, Mm. you know? And I think people are so insulated from that. And especially in the Western world, they try by all means not to be cognizant of, you know, the nature of existence and life and, you know, how powerful and how beautiful yet vicious the whole thing is. Mm. You know, he represented that at that moment and brought me into apprenticeship. And suddenly I realized that my ego was so puffed up. It was so gigantic. Just that kind of small experience was already, you know, pulling the rug from under my feet. Um, and that I, I didn't have enough rootedness. I wasn't grounded enough. I didn't have enough humility. Right. And that was, you know, him bringing me into that apprenticeship at that moment. Wow. Ever since then, I've been on that kind of a, uh, I would call it apprenticeship. Yeah, I, the humility, I can really feel how 
we can be brought to our knees, we can be brought down in different ways. And I think that to surrender that much, to to trust that much, it can be so scary. Even when I watch people in ceremonies, when they start to let go and release, it's it's ter- it's terrifying, right? To I feel like that, like it's just, it's so powerful that you are willing to actually even feel and to receive his energy, to, to, to feel what that, could be between you you and him yeah he's he's late now he passed away last year and i had a dream about him i've had two dreams about him in the past week or so but i find him still even in my dreams to be very frightening and but the thing is you see for example even next week i'm planning on visiting one of the caves that i've been looking at um the ritual caves i've been looking at which is made to be frightening. And so I always have to say to myself that the moment I stop being frightened, I'm in danger. Mm. I'm in serious danger. If you stop being, because, you know, people confuse, at least from what I've seen, people confuse what I'm talking about, I guess, is not fear of losing, you know, whatever egoistic ties you have. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really the terror of confronting what actually is. For sure. Because it, what actually is commands and demands incredible amounts of respect. For sure. I tell myself, if I don't feel like that, I'm in serious danger mm-hmm. because I have no grace or opportunity for humility at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel sorry and I pray for people who don't have that... A sense of complete overwhelming awe in relation to mm-hmm. this this being mm-hmm. that we 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 call our existence, mm-hmm. this creature that we call our being, mm-hmm. the whole of life or the whole of you know the universe or whatever you want to call it. Oh. Yeah. Wow, it's 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 so, it's so powerful that you, that you are having these dreams. I find like dreams really inform me inform me a lot sort of where I'm at I don't know I really kind of I try to remember my dreams and it's interesting that you're going there next week I I feel like that's I've been quite uh, yeah I've been quite apprehensive about going back there and you know I know that I've been picking up a lot of junk you know the longer I stay away the more junk I pick up and then when I get there that's how much that's when I confront how much junk I've picked up because that's the place where it all gets, you know, ripped out. Right. Right. So yeah, it's it's not a it's not an easy thing. You know, many people are so fascinated by ritual, but then only when they go through these things or when one goes through these things do you realize that this is not something to play around with. It's no joke. It's uh, incredibly serious. And yeah, that's I guess that's my point. I really feel like the West, you know, they somehow have tried to insulate themselves and almost escape to deal with the lesson that they, they require. People don't want to go through initiation. They don't want to confront anything like that because, um, you know, yeah, it makes you have to admit... Mm-hmm have to admit that the universe mm-hmm. 
is huge. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't believe it's like an, it's an accident, you know, that we're speaking, but that's just how I am. Because, you know, when I watched your video, you talked about that you were in some, uh, maybe some sort of coaching workshop or something like that, that was like powerful for you or, and so when I think about rituals and I think about other people and rituals, there's the physicality of it and the, the, the dancing or the chanting or the, the music or the prayers, the surrendering for so, so many people. It's so difficult to even just relax, to relax enough, to start to release enough, to actually get into the, the physicality, the willingness to be exposed and raw in that way. You know, and then the surrendering to the the when you get plugged in, like I feel like there's like a phase of like, whew, like now you're dropping into that channel in some way, let's call it, and then the the bigness of that and how scary it is, and to like hang in there, you know, and the part that I'm like really working on is like, what messages am I supposed to receive here? There's, there's a lot that is coming now, I think, because of what's happened with COVID and what's been happening in the world in general. There's something new that I, I think, I, I can sense that there's something that's uh, emerging mm. that hasn't been here before. Mm. And it's not, so, so right now I'm working on a, a website mm. and that website, I'm calling it a portal. Mm. You know, when I say these things to people, I often feel shy because, you know, I, I find that because of the unfortunate fact that there aren't words to articulate these things, you're sort of left with very unsatisfactory words mm -hmm. to use. Mm -hmm. But I'm in the process of articulating this portal, which is opening up a different kind of a world or opening up to a different kind of a world. That world already exists as somebody who's um, a practitioner, spiritual practitioner, if you take a moment, you'll probably sense that there's a world that's opening up that we never, we never, we've never seen before. I've struggled to articulate it because I can sense it. It comes, it goes, mm -hmm. but it's opening up now, mm -hmm. you know, and it's got something to do with us remembering that we are people of this planet. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, you know, um, mm. not talking about how everyone is going around greenwashing everyone. And mm -hmm. I, I really am talking about people remembering that they belong to this planet. Mm -hmm. They belong to this planet. And yes, of course, they are spiritual beings, but there's a fundamental aspect of us that belongs to this planet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, hopefully you might also see that mm -hmm. yeah. you're talking about your bones and you're talking about your bone marrow. Mm -hmm. These days I've been thinking a lot about substances mm -hmm. and fluids on my skin mm -hmm. and fluids in my mouth and in my eyes and, and substances mm -hmm. and how, you know, we exchange many things through these substances and how even COVID mm -hmm. is exchanged through these substances. 
And so COVID is like this revelation of how we are so deeply interconnected through these substances. You know, we take it for granted. We, we take it for granted that there's this physical membrane between all of us through these substances that we are constantly exchanging, including, you know, through water and through the vapors in, our, in the air. We take that for granted and we don't recognize that that is part of a fundamental element of who we are, you know, as people of this earth. That's why I'm saying that that reality is opening up. And I'm hoping that people like yourself, you know, can sense that um, and, you know, somehow guide people who are going to be incredibly disorientated mm. in the next few months, few years, when they come to the realization that in actual fact they are on earth, they've all forgotten, they are on earth and they're people of the earth. Mm -hmm. I know it might all sound very strange. Right. But it is the truth. Yeah, I think you've said it so beautifully. I know that when I'm working as a therapist, when I'm working with people who have no home, who have no, um, it, this is like a therapy tool. When you work with people who are abandoned or who have no home, you always try to get them to remember that even though they don't have a home, they don't have family that they belong to Mother Earth, that they belong mm. on this planet. I think that definitely most of us, most most people have sort of cut off sensations from their body, from their own bodies, and from even thinking about how they're connected to the Earth and what that even means. I think most people have sort of for forgotten that whole concept altogether. Yeah, but I, that's what I'm saying. I think most people don't even know and they're going to find out soon that things are going to open up more and more. And it's like, I'm sure you've done this many times. Um, you know, when when I've met people who just come from initiation, mm -hmm. their palms are usually quite sweaty mm -hmm. and they're quite clammy. And, you know, you can almost mm -hmm. sense the anxiety mm -hmm. still coursing through their mm -hmm. bodies you know, and a very, very fragile. It's kind of reminds me of when my wife gave birth. She was also quite similar, you know. And so I'm, that, I, I see many people going through that kind of thing when they awaken to the truth about what's going on. Right. Right. And yeah, I think there, there'll be a lot of need for support, people being transitioned uh, safely, and being made to recognize that in actual fact, you're home, you're not, mm -hmm. this is not getting away from home, this is you coming back home. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm, I'm sensing. So the website that I'm doing is like, um, it's like a way of orientating people mm -hmm. through this whole process. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see it. Yes, it will be, it will be done soon. You know, it's not really a website, it's really a, a, a ritual in itself um and so it will be done soon wow well i i feel very happy for you and i'm so i have so many more questions for you but i want to just like really respect your time also and i hope that you keep me posted i would love to i would love to see it does it what is it what do you are you feel do you feel okay with telling me the name that is used the place that we're all going into. I'm calling it Abantutopia. 
Abantu means um, humanity. Mm. So what's more important is the place we're going to, mm. uh, the place that's coming to us or the place that's unfolding or that's opening up. So the portal, the port of entry or the way in which one has to enter, similar to when you get into a cave, mm-hmm. um, a ritual cave, you have to enter with as much humility as possible because mm. the thing that gets completely mm-hmm. assaulted in there is the ego. Mm-hmm. And so if your ego is puffed up, you're going to feel incredible trauma, mm-hmm. you know. So if people aren't ready to transition, they're going to have incredible trauma. Mm. So it's the place is called Abantutopia. And, and yeah, you'll, you'll, I will make sure that you're one of the first people to see what, what that's all about. And I'm hoping that many people would like to participate in ushering this world to... Uh, safely enter into a new paradigm and a different kind of way of life. And I mean, you're a, you're a therapist, you're a psychologist. I'm sure you've got so many things that are, you know, happening in your mind right now about the things that I'm saying. Yeah. People are really struggling. Yeah. yeah, People are, many of them are struggling right now, but you know, I'm hoping that there'll be lots of people who can assist to usher humanity into this different way of life. Can I ask um, you a question? Of course, yeah. Have you encountered or experienced trauma being part of ritual? I think that sometimes when uh, someone is traumatized, usually childhood trauma is the, like, the big one for people because if it's, it's so forming for the rest of your life. So when something happens that's really scary, what ends up happening is that the sort of spirit leaves the body. It's almost like a lot of people have this experience, like they're pulled out of their body so they don't experience it. And uh, that's when you have suppressed memories or um, suppressed, suppressed traumas. So sometimes in ritual, when a person is open and they've been fasting and they have the guidance of a shaman that, that actually knows what they're doing, and yes. you know you're there, you're being guided through song or into the trauma. The person has a chance to go through what has happened and heal it to stay in the bo- to stay to be in the body to process it and to receive the healing the medicine mm-hmm. so that they can heal. Mm-hmm. I have this other theory also, which is not my theory, but it it's not just my theory, but a belief system that what happens with trauma is that we end up having a lot of adolescent souls and not enough wise people and adult souls. And what communities need is adult souls, wise Mm. people. Mm. And when you're a very traumatized person, knowingly or even unknowingly, you develop these, in Sanskrit, we call them chittavritis, these patterns that are fixed Mm. patterns. You become, what mental illness is, is it's a fixed pattern. A person can't shift, Mm. can't grow. And so... Mm. I think that rituals can bring up the trauma. 
I think the rituals can bring up a collective trauma. But I also think that daily, as a daily practice, let's say a person that has morning rituals, evening rituals that are not with shamans, that are their own rituals, they begin to take the medicine themselves. They start to... An adult soul knows how to heal itself. An adolescent soul looks a lot to externals, the this, that, to get the the nourishment. An adult soul knows how to to receive its own medicine. And I think an adult soul has a very strong connection to their own bones, their own spirit. And they're open to hearing messages. And I think that the, what, you're, what you are sharing with me in your words about the change in reality, I think the shift in reality has a lot to do with being connected to the spirit and receiving messages. And nothing belongs to you. Nothing belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. Like the, the, there was someone, I think in that talk, someone said like, egos like, Maybe it was you. Ego is in every fabric of everything that we're creating. Like, imagine mm, that. I know, yes. The messages were the fabric of what was created, you know? And I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, I think, you know, why I'm asking is because it looks like when I see how I've been raised, and, you know, I mean, I come from a First Nation people who've been here for 60,000 years and they have particular kinds of practices and somehow it looks like they administer specific doses of trauma, very careful specific doses of trauma or some kind of pain Hmm. in order to administer healing. Right. Right. You know, and I've seen this in many other parts of the world. I mean, I've seen Native Americans during their rituals being strung up by their flesh, for instance. Right. Um, Here in, in, in South Africa, there's various forms of circumcision, for example. You know, I've seen people ingest various various things that caused them to have incredible experiences of fear Mm. and trauma. So that's why I'm asking you, because usually we associate trauma with something that was not intended to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, someone having a, a, a bad car accident or experiencing something very tragic. I've, you know, often seen people deliberately inflicting things on themselves. And, you know, I somehow feel there's a relationship between experiencing that self-inflicted trauma or that self-inflicted pain with healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I've experienced it myself. Right. right. And so, you know, somehow it looks like some societies don't have the words or the right interpretation of trauma because you know trauma is often like i said in many societies something that's not uh, culturally mediated mm-hmm. it just happens to someone 
and then it you know like you said they become lodged into a particular psychological time or they um are disorientated in a particular kind of way mm-hmm. and so it make it it just makes me think a lot about what the role of trauma is then in instances where people administer and inflict this through some kind of culturally mediated mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. i'm saying this because yes. i've experienced it myself you yes. know yeah I, i i i have experienced in my own way probably you know when I think of that time period like I think that there was nothing left in me I think I don't even know how I got on the plane and got home you know and it was so difficult I think that you're posing a really great question you know I think that there's something called frust sometimes we frustrate people to get them to shift we 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 frustrate them or we give them a lot of kindness in therapy that's what happens you either frustrate or you support and you talk about it in your video the way that things happen the way that things shift is through fear or love i think that the way things shift also is by allowing the other person to be themselves and to be witnessed i think i think that there's that part of it too <clears throat> which i see but i could i would really have to sit very much with that like administering tough medicine like where did that come from maybe to get us to become adults to grow up for the soul to grow up that's the only thing that i could think of that that makes sense intellectually but that's just a guess Yes, so I mean that's why I I was saying that when I had that encounter with that shaman the Sanusi and I said he brought me into apprenticeship everything from then onwards I began to put into a framework that somehow it looks like the trauma or the pain or the fear or anything that is of that kind of nature somehow is aimed and targeted at my ego. Mhm. Yes. It really looks like the point is to break to break down I don't know. I mean, you obviously the the the, th- the psychologist. I don't really know if I've got the right words, but it looks like they're trying to break something down and I've had similar feelings that I've had in ritual in just sort of life situations. Mhm you know like something traumatic happening in my life i would have a similar experience and usually it forces me to change or undergo some kind of a transformation it feels like somehow the people of my home from a long time ago recognized that one transforms through pain mm-hmm. and i mean this is i don't know if you've come across joseph campbell I, you talk yes, about yes. it. I wrote it down. It's on my list to read. Yes. So he 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 often talks about how you know young men go through traumatic rituals in order to transition into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And in all, if you think about many, if not all, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. That somehow, even weddings, mm-hmm. people. When I went through my wedding. it was not an easy experience it was actually a very difficult experience and um yes you know 
on the outside, there are smiles and family and all of that. But there was an element of it mm-hmm. that was quite mm-hmm. difficult. Painful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the same with when my wife was giving birth. You know, um, and, and in many instances where a, a massive change occurs, there just seems to be some process that mediates between the old you and the new you or mm-hmm. the you you expected mm-hmm. to be in the new yes. circumstances. Yes. And, 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 and it looks like something needs to be broken down. And I would imagine that what's being broken down is the old you. Right. I mean, I know I'm probably using all the bad words or the no, wrong no. words. You know, I've had this framework and I've been wondering whether my ancestors had the wisdom to recognize the role of pain in transformation. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find out. <laughs> I think it's so it's so old. It's so primal. It's such a powerful question. I'll send you a paper that I wrote. It's now in it's being reviewed by some publishers mm-hmm. somewhere in the States. But I, I basically bring all these thoughts together and everything that I've ever read about this and everything, every last piece of research I've come across about this. And I'd be interested to hear what you think about that. I would love to, please. What I do know for sure from people that I know that are shamans that I speak to, I always wonder about this. In ceremony, if we receive the teaching that we're supposed to receive, because they are receiving certain messages that that is you know there's certain frequencies certain songs certain drumming that just brings up like the 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 center of that energetic stuckness or pain and i think that shamans know how to access that pain spot Mm. and and bring it to the surface and elevate it and get get us to the ceremonies that I've had I become very small and it's like I'm trying to learn to straighten my spine I'm trying to learn to straighten my spine I'm trying to learn how to sit up like a like a baby or something Mm. you know Mm. and I think that that's what I I think that that's what these people know how to do they get they get us to learn how to fight the tiger they they get us to sit up while we're doing the fighting you know and yes i'm trying to use words but it's energetic like they're trying to get us to sit up i know i know i know i know the feeling and i know what you're talking about when i when i was completely overwhelmed and broken down by the experience I had of confronting the whole world, I had to, I had to get up, and getting up like that was an incredible right. process. Right. You know, because what I what I had to do was I had to get up, have courage, and confront something that I knew mm-hmm. for certain I have absolutely no way of confronting. I knew that I cannot encounter this thing, or rather, confront this thing. You know, it's too large, mm-hmm. very frightening, right. but I had to anyway. Right. That's that's my point. Right. You know, I'll send you. I'll send you that what I what I said. And please be free to okay. contact me whenever, Lana. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that I was brave enough to 
connect, connect and not just just show up, you know? So I really am so happy and I'm looking forward to discussing further. Okay. Thank you so much, Lana. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You must keep well. You too.